Hey everyone, Mercedes here. I'm so excited to share with you the Lucky Few podcast will be headlining at Dear Mom Conference. Join us on November 3rd in Orem, Utah for our first official live event. Grab your tickets today at DearMomConference.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Lucky Few podcast where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Micah, Mercedes, and Heather. And today we are excited to keep the conversation on inclusion going with Kristen Enriquez, who joined us last week and dropped the mic with that one quote that we need to get on a t-shirt for Mercedes. Yes, please. Inclusion, (laughs) it's not a favor. It's a civil right, y'all. Civil right. What? (laughs) How long can we hold it? Um, so in case you are just joining us, you should go back and listen to the first episode. But let us remind you who Kristen is. She is an inclusion expert and educational consultant. She has the unique perspective of both an educator and a mom because she's had this long career in the field of special education and she has a 10-year-old son with Down syndrome. So last week we focused on our conversation on inclusion from an educator's perspective. And today we're going to chat about our roles as parents. And as she proved to us last week, Kristen has so much to teach us. So we are excited you're here for the Lucky Few podcast. You guys, how great was last week with Kristen? So Uh, good. It was so good. We're off to a really good start. Yes. Yes. So I want to know what is your biggest takeaway from last week? What can you not stop thinking about? So many things. And I also have talked to many, well, not many. I met with a parent today and I said about IEPs and I said to her, listen to this podcast that just came out. And we are going to talk about it. Um, I mean, the thing you just said that we're going to put on a t-shirt, that inclusion is not a favor. It's a civil right. And um, that our kids don't need to earn their way into a classroom, Mm -hmm. that it's their right. Mm -hmm. And I think all the time with Macy, and we talked about this little tiny bit, but especially with Mason, that academically she's just not where her peers are. And I always, I feel like everyone, all the pressure around me, it's like she needs to be doing A, B, C, and D in order to be in an inclusive setting. But no, she's she's walking, breathing, laughing, whatever. She has the right to be in an inclusive setting. She doesn't have to earn her way there. What about you, Mercedes? What, what did um, it make you start thinking about? I love that part when she talked to us about how she doesn't particularly use the word inclusion. She uses Mm -hmm. access and opportunity. And I just, I loved that because I do feel like you say inclusion and it's like, ugh, like it's like almost like an annoying stab maybe on the other Mm -hmm. side for like the the school. They're just like, ugh, annoying, you know, but access and opportunity. I mean, you can't get annoyed with that. That is true of every student that goes to school. They need access and opportunity. So that stuck with me. I... I am so excited that Kristen is here with us again today. Um, And we are going to go talk some more and learn some more 
But before we chat with her, let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Today, the Lucky Few podcast is sponsored by our good friends over at Love Every, where playtime is thoughtfully crafted by experts for your baby's developing brain. Stick around to find out about a special deal Love Every is offering later in the episode. All right, we're bringing it back to Kristen, who we just introduced a second ago. Um, Kristen, we are so thankful that we had you on the show last week. And, you know, I feel like we were we were looking at inclusion and inclusive practices from kind of a wide educator's lens. And one of the things we would love to do today is just narrow it down for um, for us and for the parents who are listening at home. Um, we are, you know, so many of us have sat through workshops. We've, we've read what we can find on the internet, but it still can feel so overwhelming to go into an IEP meeting and to prepare for it. And what we would love to, to talk to you about is just what are the practical things that we should be doing? And, um, and before we do that, would you remind any of our listeners who didn't hear the first episode, just um, a, a little reminder of what you do and about your son, Sevi. So I am a mom of four. I have a middle schooler and then I have uh, three boys. Sevi is 10. He has Down syndrome. He has a heart condition and he has a mild hearing loss. I have a six-year-old um, who is has has no genetic issues. However, he suffers from middle child syndrome terribly. Oh, um, I got one of those. Same. And I have a three-year-old who just thinks, you know, life is a party. Um, and my 12-year-old actually was born as a preemie. And so she had more inter- early intervention services than Sevi oh, wow. when she was little. Um, and it's uh, been real interesting to see that play out and, and how um, now she just kind of suffers from some health issues. She's got chronic asthma, um, eczema, and a um, life-threatening food allergy. So um, living with that kind of gives you a different perspective. But as a as a professional, when I'm not with them, I do some consulting through my business, Sebi Smile. I have a long history in education, both as a, a general ed teacher, a special ed teacher, and an administrator. And these days, I get the an amazing privilege to coach parents and do professional development for educators and also work directly with kids, mm-hmm. mostly who have Down syndrome. So you are the perfect person to tell us what to do. And we're all just desperate to know. Yeah. So can can you start with, um, you know, as we, as we talked about last week, we, we come into this, to these IEP meetings, knowing from what we've read and heard that inclusion is best for our children. And then we can get into those meetings and, and be a deer in headlights. How do we prepare? How do we, um, like, what are the practical things we can do to help get started, especially for those of us whose kids are little and we're just looking to, you know, they're just turning three, we're just going into pre-K. How do we get started? 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that that's, you know, that's the key of it is the preparation. You know, what you said is about preparation and, and I know that it's, it's a lot of work and sometimes it kind of feels unfair, but I, you know, this is really what we need to do to, because we're asking a system to take on, um, some additional needs for our kids, which is supported in the law and, and, and we're able to get those things, thankfully through public education. But we have to realize that those people have never had our child before and they don't know what we know. So we really need to be prepared to give them all the information that they need to be able to do that as effectively as possible. So, um, one of the things that I, that I first encourage families to do and it, and it's, it's really hard, especially for when we're dealing with different personalities and people who feel like, well, I can't do that or I don't feel comfortable doing it, but you have to find your voice. You have to find your voice and you have to use it in support of your child. Um, I think the, the key that I try to tell parents is that go into the IEP thinking that this is not the district's meeting. The district hosts the meeting, the district has all the forms, the district, you know, controls certain things and the way it happens. But in a, in its essence, it's not a district meeting. It's your child's meeting. And you are the person best positioned to represent your child. And so you have to take control of that meeting. Um, and if you if you're not able to do that, to bring someone with you who can help you do that, because I find that when you allow yourself to, when when you're not able to set the course of the way you want it to happen, that's where we get influenced. And then we start second guessing. And it's emotional. I mean, the, these meetings are not easy. You know, they're emotional. You've got all these people and they're talking about your kids and and it's a deficit model. You know, special education is a deficit model. We're not going to change that. That's, that is the system. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn to work within the system as best we can to get where we need to be. I have a question. Um, this is maybe a silly one, but I just want to get your perspective on this. How do you feel about when moms or dads come in with goodies and all the extras to a IEP? Is that a silly question? But I just always want to know. Uh, yes, I like that question. Good question. You know, I think that that tokens of appreciation are always nice. They're not expected, but certainly they're appreciated. But honestly, as a as a former educator and a former admin, I would rather families come in having prepared <laughs> information right. that we need and really truly be ready to engage in the conversation because this stuff is hard, right? It takes right. a lot of commitment and a lot of conversation and we're not always going to get it right the first time. So when I, when I see the treats, but I don't see the other piece that, mm. that is a kind of a misstep for me because, because I want, I would rather they put their energies into the, the, the work that needs to be done so that we can all, figure out how we're going to go forward. Um, but I do think that people always appreciate, you know, these tokens of appreciation. And as long as it's genuine, then it, it's, it's going to be appreciated. Okay. Do you think there's ever a time and place for our kiddos with Down syndrome to be in a separate class? And let me, let me say also that um, if we're in a district that isn't, uh, that has an adoptive inclusive, inclusive practices where they are having a self-contained special education classroom that they'd like our students to be in for most of the day and then mainstream or pull out for music and PE and whatever it might be. 
Do you think there's ever a time that that is what we should do specifically for kids with Down syndrome? Um, so I think that that is a, that is a very, very personal decision. If you ask me what the research says, the research doesn't support it. But if you ask me when parents are trying to decide what is best for my child, my child is an individual, um, what, what do I need to do or, or which route should I take? I think it's a very personal decision. Um, and it's really hard for me to say a yes or a no to that. However, I think that what we need to keep in place is that we need to make sure that we're asking the questions that we're, we are, um, expecting people who are making these determinations to be able to defend their position, you know, to really give us the why and, um, and to help us feel comfortable understanding what this separate environment is going to be able to offer my child and how it's going to be able to help my child get to where I want them to be. Um, as a parent where I want them to be, not where the school wants them to be. Um, different than or better than going to school with their gen ed peers could. And I think sometimes we get talked out of things because there are so many people who are on the same page if they're trying to convince us, you know, to do something different yeah. than what our heart is telling us. Right. And we really need to hold tight to our vision for our kids. And we need to remember that nobody has the right to change our vision except for us or maybe our kid, you know, when they get older. Right. But Right. Nobody else has the right to change that. So if if what they're they're saying they think is the right thing is not in line with your vision, then I would take a moment to really reflect on that and and really be clear and ask the difficult questions. And and you may not be prepared for that in the moment. So it's okay to take a break, you know, and come back and and prepare yourself and figure out, you know, what it is you need to collect, what information to be able to engage in that conversation. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think there were a couple of things um, along those lines that really helped me um, in our second IEP, which we went back because we didn't agree the first time. And I had written down in the meantime, like my vision for Ace's life yep. and and just having it in front of me where I could come back to it. And and just even for my own mind and my own heart, mm -hmm. as these people around me are telling me a different thing to go actually no this is my vision for him and this is the way that I see mm -hmm. is going to yeah. be best for him and the other the other thing that really helped me was talking to my friend Jamie who's um, a, a special ed attorney and she was telling me just in that moment in the meeting that whenever they we were we were discussing the goals and how they were feeling like no ace can meet this particular goal in a in a, a special day class is, or the only way he'll meet it, or that was kind of the mm -hmm. assumption that was being said, was to go specifically through them and say, can he, can he meet this goal of learning to climb up and down the stairs in um, an inclusive setting? And they would say, well, yeah, yeah, he can. And, you know, can he meet this goal of, um, you know, using a spoon to eat? in an inclusive setting. Well, yes, you know, and so I, I was able to kind of go through all these goals and get a yes. And of course, at the end, I still didn't get my way and they were still like, but he has so many needs and he needs to go into this class. Um, but, but it was so confirming and I knew that we were walking away with the upper hand in that meeting just because 
I my friend had helped me have those questions ready. Yeah, I think I think that's really important because I think it's really about not what is what is the different setting, but it's about what needs to happen in the general ed setting for us to address this need. Yeah. What needs to happen? That's where the discussion should be, you know, on all the supports and services that are going to happen. Not, I would, you know, my ideal world, we wouldn't spend all this time talking about placement. We would spend all of our time talking about what supports and services are going to be in place to make the placement effective. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I had something. Oh. Heather's thinking. The other thing I think that I would just, um, remind people is is that you know the system supports us only looking at a year from now, right? These, this IEP is, is the plan for the next year. But we always have to remember as parents that it's not about what's going to happen in the next year, right? We're in it for life, right? right? What's mm. what the life going to look like? So right. that vision has to be based on what I want my child to be achieving in their life. What is the vision for their outcome in life? And then this year is what needs to happen in this year to help them along that path, because you do not end up in the same place when you take a different path. Mm. Kai, Kristen, I feel like you've said so many things we need to make into a t-shirt. Yes, um, all yes, these t-shirts. Yes. Um, so <laughs> talk to your friends about that. <laughs> right. We know some people. We know people. <laughs> you have met, um, I like with, I like how you said that in, uh, the research shows that inclusion is best, but it, you know, parents are going to do what, what works best for them, which I always agree with that. But I think that brings up an important point that how important data is. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you are walking into a school, that you can say, yes, you feel this way because this is how it's always been. Or even as a parent, I'm getting emotional. I'm feeling emotional, but let's go back to what are the facts, right? Like, what does the data say? Do you have those things in front of you that you would like to share some of those pieces of data? Um, And if not, we can for sure put them in the show notes. But but I guess the question is, what what can you equip our listeners with that that helps them like a like a tool Hmm. for when they step into a classroom that doesn't understand why inclusion or inclusive practices would be best for their kid? Well, I think we definitely have provisions in the law. So if you look at what the law says, the law actually doesn't say anything about inclusion. What it talks about is that any and all supports will be put in the least restrictive environment. So we've got that. So highlighting that. And if you haven't changed, if you haven't tried that first, it's really hard to prove that that can't be effective Hmm. if we haven't tried it. So that's the law piece. Then having pieces of research, I am more than happy to, you know, help you um, come up with a list of, of things that, you know, are research-based because there, there really is not one research study out there that says that being with your general ed peers is, is um, less successful than being in a segregated setting. So there are a number of, of things that we could look at them to have people look at that. Um, I know that Think Inclusive has a, a a lot of um, research studies on there, and I can I can provide that link to you with no problem. Um, and then also Down Down's um, Down Syndrome Education International is is kind of my go-to for looking at research because they've just been doing it for so long, and it is specific to Down Syndrome. Um, you know, but I think that also we we can't underestimate the importance of our own personal data. And with smartphones these days, it's easier than ever to do to take a picture or or to take a video and 
be prepared to show those at the IEP or during the assessment because that is true data, right? Data doesn't have to be, you know, a tally chart or a pie graph. It's just information. And our story is powerful. You know, the data that we have through our story is really powerful. And if we can give vision to that for everyone else, so it's not just what I'm saying, but let me show you examples of how this works. Mm -hmm. I think that that is, that is convincing. So when you say that, Kristen, you mean like coming into the meeting going, here's an example of, you know, if, if for instance, ACE didn't really cooperate with stacking blocks in the, the testing, but I have a video of him stacking blocks. Is that the kind of thing you mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I take pictures of us doing homework, more pictures of homework than I ever thought. <laughs> I love that idea. idea. (laughs) But it's, it's powerful, you know, and I can send that to the team and say this, he is able to do it. This is what I had to put in place in order for him to show that. Then they have exactly what they need to be able to do that in school. And it's a team, right? Sometimes they're going to figure it out and I'm going to need to know. And sometimes I'm going to figure it out and they're going to need to know. No one's expecting every, any one person to have the answer right all the time. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I love yeah. that picture idea because Sunflower has just started making happy faces and drawing people, um, but it doesn't come out all the time. Right. right. But I took a picture one time and I haven't seen it since, but I like, that's great. I should show her TK teacher like this because I, I remember seeing at back to school night, there was a per, like, you know, draw yourself and like seeing all the kiddos had drawn a picture of themselves and it looks all across the board, but Sunny's, it was just a scribble, you know, and I'm, and I'm excited to be able to be like, okay, maybe it's a scribble that day, but I have a picture. Yeah, there is progress, you know? Right. I Mm -hmm. like that. I love that. And I I feel like there's just so many examples of that. Mm -hmm. I felt um, like I wasn't being believed at, at our meeting because I was saying how many signs Ace has. And when they tested him, he sat there and stared at them. Totally. And um, <laughs> and so, yeah, if I could if I could have come in and had a video, a video. of him signing, I know. that would have been awesome. Right. Kristen, you're a genius. Yes, I, I told you. It's these practicalities <laughs> that we just need to be told. It's like, yeah. yes, yeah. you are a genius. I video yes. everything. And with yeah. Instagram, I take pictures right. constantly. Right. So that's genius. Kristen, we cannot thank you enough. Um, this is definitely a topic I'm sure we'll, we will revisit maybe maybe every season. Right. Because mm-hmm. it feels really important and it's always changing and always growing. And I know that you have so many more resources. So listeners, we are going to have one million links Absolutely. on our website right. to all, all the, the things, things you could <laughs> yes. ever want to know. Okay. We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. Um, Kristen, before we leave, is there anything else that you want to tell us? or say on the topic or anything in life, really? Um, I think that the, you know, that issue of really just knowing, knowing that you have the law and knowing you have research on your side and, and really not allowing anybody to, to change your vision and, and communicate that vision. Like people need to know, you know, they need to know. And if we don't tell them, they can't possibly know. So being really upfront and being really forthcoming and, and acting on a platform of no surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of times people will say, well, if I tell them, then they're going to decide this or that, or they're going to prepare. Well, the reality is, is they're going to do that anyway, right. but you show team spirit, yeah. you know, when you don't surprise anybody, when you give them a heads up, because this isn't about catching anybody doing something wrong. Right. 
This is about working together to try to figure out how it works. Um, and so if you can set your mindset, you know, that way, I think that you have much better chance at having your information be received, well received. They may still not agree, but when they disagree, it will be much more respectful. And I yes. think it feel much more, um, it will feel better knowing that you did everything that you could. And, and, and then at that point you have to move forward in a way that you feel meets the needs of your family and the means needs of your child. Okay. Mm. I Preach love it, that. Girl. Yes. Preach it. Kristen, we have loved having you on these two episodes. We've loved it so much. Thank you for being with us. We are going to we are going to hop away for a little word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with our favorite part of the episode. Good news. Mercedes. Good news. <laughs> Here's a word from our sponsor. We are so pumped. Love Every is sponsoring the show this month. Their products are gorgeous. As are their models, because I have to brag here, Ace is one of them. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I received a Love Every play tent, and it is so beautifully made. Their wood, sleek, simple design, I think best fits your child's development at the age as a baby. And as aesthetically pleasing as it looks, you want to keep it up in your house. You know, yeah. as a mom, you're like, yeah. it doesn't go with my, the plastic ones, the bright colors doesn't go. The um, play tent is beautifully handcrafted and goes with your style. Guaranteed. <laughs> I love that. And they have these things that are called play kits that are curated basically for your child's age from birth up until a year. And the one that the box that we have is for 11 to 12 month old. And the toys are amazing. They're all match developmentally to where your child is at and you can receive these in the mail basically every month so such a great gift to give also to your friends yeah and here's why i love them the most they're actually serious about every baby and that's why they have kids with different abilities in their marketing images yes. like my ace face um because they really do believe that all of our kids matter and they have they want to work with parents who are walking into a new diagnosis and get these toys right. So you can let them know your concerns and they'll work with you to make sure the kids are on track. Let them know you're a lucky few listener and you'll get 10% off your subscription to the play kits or $10 off a tent. Just use the code the lucky few at checkout and find out why they're being praised from the pages of pop sugar to people magazine to real simple. All right, we are back. Lucky few listeners, and it is time for... Some good news. It's time for some good news. This Welcome is where I'm going down with the to song the good today. News. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Someday we'll stop. <laughs> I like the boom boom, Mercedes, <laughs> bringing something new. Um, hey, we would love to start with you, Kristen. Do you have some good news to share with us? I do. So tonight we're going to a instrument petting zoo. Oh, do you wow. Know what instrument petting zoo? <laughs> I'm no. going to know more about so that. <laughs> it sounds Fifth crazy. grade in our district, um, the kids have the opportunity to do band. This may not be good news for me, but this is <laughs> 
Um, and so we are going to an instrument petting zoo so that he can actually try out the different instruments so he can decide cool. what instrument he wants to be in in his fifth grade band class. Amazing. I love so that. Cool. So cool. So I'll, I'll, up you, I'll update you. Okay, like, yes, thank you. please do. <laughs> what he chooses. <laughs> this is just a reminder to all our listeners out there. You can email us your good news at the lucky few pod. Wait, what's our email, y'all? Oh, Andy's here. Help us out, Andy. The email for listeners to. Yeah, go to our website and click on oh. share your good news. Yes. Everything's there. The lucky few podcast.com. Go there find all the things you'll need awesome and we also love life we also love to hear <laughs> yes. our listeners voices and so if you guys want to leave us voicemail good news just jump on there tell us your good news and share what you want to share i have some good news from monique roth her daughter is madison shoemaker who is 16 years old they live in corona california and Woo. this one makes me nervous but i'm very excited too so madison her daughter just went away for five days at sleepaway camp mm. Um, my children are never doing that, nor are they ever leaving my home. I'm just kidding. She's kidding. Maybe. And she had the best time ever. She danced, she sang, she swam, met new friends, totally took care of herself. It was the, it was hard to be without her, but she was independent, sassy, and fun. I love Beautiful. that. Oh my gosh, that is good news. And I'm so happy about that. And um, Mason and Augie, one day, I'll let you go. All righty. And I have some good news to share too from a listener um this listener's little love bug welly signs love i know and welly is 17 months old oh my gosh and he recently had surgery and um for ear tubes and lip and tongue ties um and she's also being very encouraging saying thanks for all you mamas and what you do. So if you guys want to just text us that too. Oh my God. Once you can. Welly love. Yes. Wonderful job, Welly. And oh. praying that those surgeries went well. And I think they did. So awesome. Thank Good you. News. So is there anything better than a little baby signing love? And oh, I can't. And he's got, picture of Welly yeah, He's got some chunk much. to him. And it's he, the best. We'll he put it on does. The Goodness gracious. Thanks again to Kristen Enriquez. You can find her Instagram and Facebook at Stand for 21. And if you'd like to get in touch with her by email, you can find her at Sevy's Smile. That's Sevy with an I. Sevy's Smile at gmail.com. And we'll have links in our show notes to all of those. Kristen, thanks for joining us two weeks in a row. And for giving us such good information as we all seek to give our kids the education they are entitled to have. That's right. Yes. yes. Right, Mercedes? Boom. So right. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a favor. No. It's a civil right. Go to um, school. <laughs> Go to school, everybody. And thanks to Love Every for sponsoring this episode. And thanks always to our amazing editor producer, Andy Lara. Remember, if you love the Lucky Few podcast, share it with a friend. Subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And ladies and listeners, get out there, know your child's rights. We are strong and we can do this. So let's go make the world an amazing place for the people we love with Down syndrome. See you next week on the Lucky Few Podcast. See ya. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs>